if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcel Alonso. Today I welcome the lovely, beautiful uh, Molly Stewart. <laughs> Thank you so much, Molly. I'm so glad to come on. Um, I love your podcast because it's one of those few podcasts that when I listen to, it's sort of like Tiger Belly. It's the closest sex related. This is how I'm going to describe it in my opinion. It's okay. like Tiger Belly. And compliment already, <laughs> which is I love Bobby Lee and I love the way he um he does Tiger Belly. I think it's a great podcast. And I've fallen in love with like Kalila and Gil that are in it. And both you and your partner um that are both on it are it's sort of similar. So it's not like it's a fun podcast to listen to that when I need, you know, when I'm working out. When I just, you know, I'm on the train, I'm here in New York, train, we say, subway, I can just like relax. And I don't have to feel like, you know, I need to get a pen and paper to write down, but it's just like a relaxing, you know, after I take an edible type of podcast. So, I love that. That's like the best description ever. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, I love, really yeah, so you're, so, and I like to feature with Get Schooled, I really love to feature different sex workers, especially when you guys have something else going on. And, yeah. um. Tell me a little bit about you, because I all I know really is you. I know about your podcast. I've listened to like more than a du- like six, <laughs> six or seven like episodes, and I listened to my best friend Ava Divine on there. Of course, yep. great episode, oh, everybody. Yeah, want to have her back. I feel like there's just so many untapped stories there. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. There's nothing um, she hasn't untapped. You know, like it's all tapped for her. But I need to know more. <laughs> like, oh, it, it's so all tapped with her. I, and yes. <laughs> it's all tapped with her. She's she's an amazing to me. She is the iconic porn star of. If there was to ever give like one iconic AVN to somebody, it would be her. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't even I'm very bad with like faces. I'm bad with names until I've like spent a significant amount of time with someone like even when, you know, I, I do the podcast like I know and I memorize as much as I can about the person that they, you know, provide me with ahead of time because it's like really hard for me. But with her. I recognized her when I saw her in public <laughs> for the first time. And I was like, that is rare. Like, and she's just really cool. I like her a lot. Yeah. So when did you enter um started doing sex work? Mm. Um shoot. I mean, it depends on I guess what people define as sex work. I mean, I did um, it's all an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> I started in stripping, as I think a lot of a lot of us do, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um 
I don't really know, but um, that did not work out very well for me. I I hated it. Um, just uh, also just being in front of and around people. I really, as much as I enjoy being watched, I think like I am so much more comfortable just obviously like in my own setting and space, but mm-hmm. I think I'm most comfortable around other people when I'm naked, <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. I know that's really weird, but I just kind of feel like I'm already fucking naked. Like what else? like what else do I have to be ashamed of at that point so then Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more easy so I think maybe that's why I kind of vibe with you know the the career I ended up in Mm -hmm. so you um, you did stripping and then you went to what was next webcamming so after stripping was webcamming because you know not for me whatever ended up finding one of those little like ads like oh make money from home you know like do whatever and I was like so my my ex got me into that at the time because um, we were broke, like real broke. And there was a lot of, you know, shit in that past relationship going on at the time. So ended up kind of uh, getting into getting into camming that way. Um, definitely was not like what I saw myself doing ever. Mm-hmm. But once I had like my own space and I could kind of start cultivating it to be more what I wanted and like started figuring out that I could just do the things that I wanted on cam became a lot more enjoyable so Mm. yeah that's good about camming because some people I really admire people that can cam but I have ADD so I'm like I was like if nobody's in there talking to me I'm like going somewhere oh see no I I I don't know what I have I've taken all the tests um Uh there's a lot going on in here um but for me I was homeschooled so I spent most of my time alone so I had to figure out how to entertain myself um and with camming it was kind of like oh I'm sitting in a room having a conversation with myself I have to I'm just weird so I would come up with games I would come up with things to more entertain myself mm-hmm. and then it ends up entertaining other people and all of a sudden you have an audience and then it's like oh well, what's the next thing I gotta entertain people with you know and here we are at a podcast like 10 years later <laughs> <laughs> very very creative and then from there you started getting into doing the films and everything else mm-hmm. yeah I ended up getting uh Oh, when was that? 2017 is when I shot for Playboy and Penthouse um, in the mm-hmm. same year. And I got a uh, Penthouse Pet of the Month in, I believe it was September of 2017. It all kind of blurs together, but um, did a lot of uh, the Playboy online. It was Playboy um, Playboy Plus at the time, and it was mm-hmm. like a little Cyber Girl series. So it wasn't like the magazine, but it was still really fun to do those shoots. Um, I was introduced to Holly Randall. Mm-hmm. through doing my cyber girl of the month shoe uh for playboy um she ended up working with twisties later on i'm not sure i think she's oh, still I'm... now but i'm I'm not really sure uh-huh. um and then so ended up kind of getting in touch with twisties and browsers mind geek kind of umbrella through holly randall um when i reached out to her after like one of the avn parties um so kind of just dipped my toe in with that and i already did girl girl on cam so it kind of twisties was like a really like obvious transition if right. I was going to do anything mainstream and then from the and then from the, and then tell us during the pandemic you transitioned of course to the only fans like we all did <laughs> yeah well I, I never like quit camming like uh-huh. during even when I was doing mainstream it wasn't just like you know one or the other because I'm never like one or the other I'm like here's all my fingers how many things can I put them in at one time like (laughs) I I get too bored if I just have like one solitary focus anyway so um but I ended up going through a really nasty divorce um like the end of 2019 so like right before the pandemic 
Um, and then when nobody's obviously shooting mainstream, I ended up just going back into trying to get into camming, but a lot of things came from that. I don't know how much you know about the drama that can go into a cam site, but the divorce kind of spurred a lot of that forward to the point that I was oh, like, I'm so camming isn't for me anymore. It's like, it's right. too much. It was too overwhelming. Um, I got like really deep into alcohol. I think everybody did during the pandemic, but it was then that I realized like how long I'd kind of been in that once right. I was removed from that other situation. Um, so then kind of OnlyFans made a little bit more sense for me because I could step back a little bit and not have to be like live on cam like right. 12 hours a day or whatever ridiculous thing. I did like 24-hour camathons before. Mm. Um, so it was nice to be able to kind of like deal with myself and all the shit that I was kind of unpacking from mm-hmm. all of those years with this other person um going through therapy getting sober and it was kind of nice to be able to do that and then get back into kind of what I really loved which was like photography and doing videos and creating my own you know interesting concepts for content and when OnlyFans became so popular during the pandemic it was like well I already had an account there um from like when it first began so it's like well I guess I'll just start pouring my energy into this and people have obviously still i guess been enjoying the content because they're still there it's still doing really well so it's been really awesome and then it's also like i get to still have those same like cam interactions with people because mm-hmm. you're in the messages but my face doesn't have to be done up i don't have to be like all smiles and on all the time it could be like on the couch like with my hand in a bag of chips like <laughs> telling the guy that a nice little dick rating for him you know whatever yeah or that's what's talking great. anything and it's still like fun it would just be like you know if you were sexting with a partner or something when they're gone it's like you're not gonna do your whole hair and makeup just to lie there and and sex you know what I mean so it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off that way too yeah that's what's great about OnlyFans it does in a way because uh some of my fans they know me with no makeup on at all and I'll tell them I'm sorry I don't have no makeup on out here and they'll make you a quick little video and friendships you make um I love doing video calls for instance that's my favorite I like video calls over camping Really? Okay. So for me, I, I do video calls sometimes, but it's so very rare. And for, for me, I prefer camming because there's, I think it's like a distractionary thing because there's so many people to interact with. And I think when it comes to that, then I don't feel like I'm necessarily the focus. Mm-hmm. Like, unless I'm coming, then I'm definitely the focus and I'm all here for it. Cause I like being watched, but <laughs> like when it's one-on-one, I get, I, I don't know what it is, but I never even really did a lot of private shows when I mm-hmm. was a cam model. I did a lot of like public stuff mm. um, and not like out in public, but like a public chat room. Um, okay. And I think with that, it's like it's just me and one person. And that's so hard for me. Like it, it, even this right now, like I was so nervous before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I don't have like Laura sitting here who will just like, <laughs> funny I am, you know? <laughs> right. Right. No, everybody, my friend Destiny's like that with camming and she could, she's entertaining. Cause I've sat, she's on like cam soda. She goes, I forgot what she goes by on um her, her name's destiny. Right. But, and she's been on this show too. She is entertaining, but she's, yeah. she can't do the privates, but yeah, the, the privates get weird unless it's like, I, it, it's like one of those things where I, I would do before, like talk to somebody like, what exactly do you want in the private? Cause then I'm like, here's the thing I can perform for you. 
but unless I was really comfortable and familiar with the fan or something like it just felt too strange to me I'm like I don't know I have barely been out on a first date I don't know (laughs) how to fucking talk to you like one-on-one without like doing a little song and dance you know right so yeah as part of the reason I started podcasting is because I'm so bad with people (laughs) force myself to talk to them yeah (laughs) wow you really are like Bobby Lee in a way <laughs> you really are in your podcast reminds no because he's like that like i i had a tell when they called ava's name you want me like, to show you my butthole too because i can't <laughs> the way he does no he you know he's awkward with people like yeah, he's awkward, so awkward and um but you would never know that but like people really love like i watch so many of his episodes and then i've listened to your episodes so it's uh i get it I get it. I totally understand. And uh, nothing's wrong with that. We're all, we all can't be the same. Well, I think it's also one of those things, like I never know what people are expecting of me. Like I expect absolutely everything from myself. Like even Uh things that I can't do, I expect that I should be able to do them and know how to do them. And I don't know what other people are expecting from me. I don't know like what side of me is the side that they like. I've, I, I, I don't, it's that whole like what what are your expectations and they're it they might not even have any expectations but I am so bad with like just I I want people to like me mm-hmm. to the point that I'm like I don't know what people like <laughs> you know what I mean so I mean with podcasting it's gotten easier um for me to kind of talk to people and do all that but I still get like the weird trepidation of just going out down to the strip like oh no what if someone says words to me <laughs> in public you know but I can be you know down at a photo shoot downtown out in public and I'm naked and if people were there it wouldn't bother me at all I don't know what it is it's weird no but... we're, all, we're all different because I go through where I have friends of mine and they'll call me and I'm not ready to talk to them I might not be doing nothing at all yeah. but I need I need to talk to them at a certain time do you understand like but they'll be a friend of mine but I'm like okay I need a break I need to talk to them whatever and but I I can't talk to them today I gotta wait till this particular time and it's so stupid it sounds absolutely stupid but I I understand that too because I'm just like I I, when I have a friend or or anyone like you know business Mm -hmm. I'm like I want to check in on you I want to make sure you're okay I want to make sure I'm doing as much for you as I possibly can and then it's like I, I go like so gung-ho and then if I don't get that same level of reciprocation I'm like oh you hate me you know what I mean like (laughs) oh I go through that too I go through that too like yeah like I feel I don't feel the love back or I don't yeah like I'll I'll, if I reply really quickly to someone because I'm like oh this person needs me and then it's like oh if I reach out and I need something and I don't hear from them like within two days I'm just like well I guess that's over I'll probably never see them again <laughs> like that's where my brain goes you know that means I get that what sign are you may I ask uh Scorpio oh okay I'm Gemini you sound more like an air sign than anything else um because mm. I'm a Gemini um but I I, I totally get what you're saying because I try answering back every text or like when I'm dealing, when I'm booking, like I was booking, I'm like, oh my God, did I tell her? It was easy. <laughs> like oh, I, I panic was- about every interaction that I ever have. Like I actually mentioned it. Um, I don't know when this is going to be released, but on a recent episode of ours, met a fan out in person, a fan of the podcast out in the wild. And I closed up, like I blanked out. I couldn't tell you 
like I barely even know what her face looks like I blanked out it was with Laura <laughs> but mm-hmm. I ended up just like putting on like a, a it was probably the most terrifying smile that this girl has ever seen and she will never watch the podcast again so I don't have to worry about it but I right. stressed about like what did I say what did I do what did my face look like and Laura's like she's not she doesn't you were fine it's nothing but I, oh. blank out. I don't even and I will overanalyze I'm overanalyzing it now it happened like a week ago <laughs> like, oh. So yeah, that's my so fun. Thing. How did you and Laura come about with this podcast? Tell me about the beginning and everything because it's very creative. Um, I like that it's different and it's I like that it's not the it's a fun podcast. Like it's it's like take yeah. an edible, go to bed type of like for me, because that's what yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um well it didn't start with Laura, it started with me actually. Um so during the pandemic, uh it was like, you know, everyone's by themselves for the mm-hmm. most part you know um I started listening to podcasts I never really had before um I also didn't listen or watch like comedy like comedy specials and things like that like comedians like my ex was just not into it and we did what my ex liked to do so and he couldn't stand anyone else talking but himself so imagine listening to a podcast it's not going to happen <laughs> so mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so for me I had started to kind of dip my toe into therapy after I started the podcast, but I kind of started the podcast to meet people um, without it having to be necessarily like, all right, we're going to meet and fuck. I was like, I don't know anyone. I'm not close to very many people at all, partially because of that last relationship. And I need to like, not just sit in a house by myself and I had gone without drinking long enough that I was like okay I'm kind of like a clear-headed rational-ish person you know I'm Mm -hmm. working on it so I have to start working on myself and how I'm going to do that like if I just stay here all the time and I never like reach out and I'm only just you know going to meet someone to lick their pussy make a video and go home I'm not going to meet any like quality people necessarily not even necessarily quality people but quality interactions that are like more memorable you know and so I was like how do I get past this fear of meeting people talking to people well I'll bring them to my home and I'll make them work but not in a sexual way (laughs) but I also thought it was kind of like this cool thing like it started off with me having this friend um come over to kind of have a little content weekend and I hadn't seen her in a while and some of my fans didn't know about her um So I was like, let's do like a little fake podcast because I've been having so much fun listening to podcasts. I can ask you some questions. We can just have like a little fun thing to share with the fans and OnlyFans. They can get to know you better outside of like just the content we make. And, you know, that's kind of what people loved about Cam or at least about my my chat room. That's what they always said. So I was like, well, this will be fun. And then we had that one and they wanted me to make more. So I kind of just started doing it myself. I was doing all my own editing, um, just taking it by the horns. Because as soon as someone is like, hey, we like this, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put everything into it and then stress myself out about it. (laughs) So um, Laura ended up coming on later because we started hanging out a little bit more. She um, uh, was my makeup artist while someone else was kind of shooting my content at the time. Mm -hmm. We started just hanging out outside of that. I had her on for an episode and we just started, you know, vibing more and more. And she came over for a few more episodes. And after a point, I was like, well, why don't you just like co-host it with me? Because then I don't ever have to do an episode basically by myself for the most part. We, You have a fun insight that I don't have. Like you're not in the industry, but you're adjacent to it. So I think that you have a lot of cool perspectives 
And then when she started shooting my own, like my content, like she is primarily the person who shoots my content and I edit it. So it kind of made sense that we could then like talk about all the adventures that we had that were kind of behind the scenes. And we end up usually talking about so much more than that, but it goes from like mental health to buttholes and back. So it's, you know, I love this because, you know, when OnlyFans first started, everybody was doing share for shares or just they thought they had to do porn. But a lot of fans are really more interested in you and learning more and who you hang out with and more yeah. about you. And then this it's is like a porn the, reality show. Like, right. But yeah. And, and, you know, we can't go to any platform. We can't go to Netflix and pitch something. And we can't pick, we, we're kind of in a, we have to be so careful as sex workers where we announce stuff like on IG now, I can't even really share too much of yeah. the other sex. Like I'm, I'm wearing, I'm like a, a church mouse with a full dress. Oh, on. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I just, um, my account was just notified recently that it was shadow banned. I don't know if it'll be, Oh, mine is you know, where, where it can't be recommended. And I, I looked at the violating things. Cause I was like, all right, like, I don't feel like I've been risque because this is like my 14th, 15th Instagram and I don't want to get it deleted. And I had seen scrolling my feed before I got the notification, like four nip, four different sets of nipples. Mm. Like you got like the sheer bodysuit on or you got oh, I see that, yeah. off your shirt and doing pull-ups. And I'm like, and, and a girl, and I'm here for it. Like take off your shirt and do your pull-ups. I love that shit. I love doing pull-ups. I love working out. Your back looks sick. I love that. But then why is mine getting flagged why am i getting penalized for doing even less than that like it doesn't you know but that's just it just comes with the territory of being in the industry that we are and you know people want to complain about it i mean i complain about it but it's to the point of kind of just like oh it sucks because there's nothing you can do about it it's like we're just at the mercy of the platforms and you know if it was if it was easy to do this job well and to be able to figure out the go arounds and to be able to market yourself effectively as more than just like ass and tits, everyone would fucking do it. But not everybody has like the wherewithal or like the drive to be like, okay, well, this is a roadblock. How do I find a detour? Yeah. You know, and some people that's, it's not for them. And that ends up, you know, coming out when they quit or whatever. And like, that's fine. It really is not for everyone. But I also can't like complain because as as much as this was like not what I expected to be doing with my life, especially in my thirties. Um, I love it now. And it's something that's been so rewarding and has given me so many good things mm-hmm. that it's like, well, what else would I rather be fucking doing being a comedian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great what you're saying. And you're right. People don't, the big thing I make about my podcast and I always don't, I don't like people sensationalizing sex work. Like you, we've all seen those articles where so-and-so makes so much a month or whatever, but they're yeah, not, it's sh- not, it's not the, it's not the norm, you know no. what I mean? It's like, and usually in, and often in those situations, like it ends up being that month. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, it's not something that's going to consistently sustain you. And without any, I feel like a lot of people go in thinking like, oh, I'll just make, you know, some good money and put myself through, you know, whatever school or whatever situation I'm going through, be a stripper because people aren't going to necessarily find that online. Anything you yeah. put online, people will have access to forever. And it's going to fuck up pretty much all of your other prospects. And there are some few standout you know, careers or stories that people have few, few. for the most part, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most doors end up close to you. So it's kind of like, I always tell people too, and we talk about it on the pod all the time is like, unless, you know, 
you're really sure that you're okay giving up what some people would call a normal life, then don't get into it. You know what I mean? Like you really, really think about it before you put yourself out there. Otherwise everyone's seen your butthole for no fucking reason. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, no, it's, it's, and I'm glad you're speaking Mm -hmm. the truth about that. I so appreciate that. Um, but I just love the way what you came up with this podcast, because that's that's such a clever and smart thing instead of, you know, it's a way when you sit down for a podcast and I've done now I've done like close to between both of my podcasts over 81 episodes. Oh, hell yeah. Between two different podcasts, though, um, I think you have way more. And I'm guest dependent. I know that you're I've listened to some episodes where you didn't have guests. You had your co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't had some just solo, just me before. Laura's right, right. Those are hard. I tried doing the first two episodes. I said, I need guests, but. Oh, my friend, Josh Potter is a comedian and he does a lot of like solo episodes. I'm like, I just like, dude, how do you fucking do that? Oh, I, that would drive me. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. So I am guest dependent. But every time I do sit down with these guests like you and all that, it's great because you get to meet people, you have a connection. And then when you see them at events like XBiz, AVN or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. you you it's sort of like you got this friend, you know what I mean? You've got this new friend and it's not so awkward when you meet people. Yes. And and I love that because it it does take a lot of the pressure off because it's like, Hey, even if we never hang out again, even if we never shoot content for an hour to an hour and a half of your day, you gave that to me and I gave you the same. And we had a conversation, whether it was good, whether it was bad, that was a connection. And that's something that we can relate on later. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily like everyone who comes on the podcast, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with or, you know, be really close with. But I think that every conversation I've had has been something valuable that I've been able to take away from it. And I hope that's the same for, you know, the people who have joined us as well. But, you know, that's what I really, because I don't, I don't like, you know, the, the conversation of like, well, what do you do? It's like my, I fucking Um, hate that question. It's so boring. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. And then also it's like, when it comes to things like sex work, it's like most of these people who will maybe have come on, someone has seen on the internet. People know what they fucking do. I want to know like what you hate about it. I want to know what you like about it. I want to know what your childhood dreams were. I want to know what fucking shared trauma we have. I want to know things that make you, you, not the thing that you fucking do because everybody just does something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it, and you do kind of like sometimes just need to sit down, have a conversation, throw it out there. This is what you do. This is who you are. And it's a great way to just break the ice with people mm-hmm. and yeah. instead just doing the podcast. And I've, I'm like a big pop right now with the, the strike going on with SAG. Um, I'm like, I'm not watching TV. I'm constantly watching. Of course, one of my favorites is tiger belly. I do watch Joe Rogan because he does have interesting guests. Yeah. Um, I do. I, and I have to, I have to always say a disclaimer with Joe Rogan. I'm like, I listen to him, but do I, I don't necessarily believe his views, but I, he's great. Yeah. Because- but I, and that's good though, because like the whole thing with that is like everyone, it's like anyone can have an opinion about anything, right? You don't have to agree with it. Yeah. You don't have to be like, Oh, champion for that. But if someone else believes that it's like, how does that really affect you? You allow things to affect you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, especially things that are like that, like this external person that most people have never met. It's like, then don't listen. 
Yeah. But if you want to know what the differing opinions on things are and educate yourself in that way, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go learn something and change my mind. It will just give you a broader understanding that not everybody thinks the same fucking things as you do. You're not that special. And maybe people can just have conversations about things instead of arguments about things all the fucking time. Because that's boring, too. And yeah. You know what I mean? You hit it on the nail, Molly. Yeah, you hit it right on the nail. So with this, how many episodes have you done so far now as of today? It's over a hundred, but as of today, I think we just did one on nine, one ten, something like that. It's, it's, it's just, just above a hundred. Just above a hundred. And this has Mm -hmm. been um, rewarding. Obviously it's been rewarding for you. Do you have any plans like for the future with your podcast or what you want to do or, or anything that you like want to venture off? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not even really sure where anything is going. I feel like, like when this first started, I didn't think that I'd still be hosting a podcast. (laughs) Like two years later, it's I blinked and I was like, oh my god, it's 2023, and I'm no longer in therapy, and there's like a whole thing. We have a an editor now, and all this stuff. So we always have plans for stuff. Um, I think we might be opening up. We're we're trying to think about opening up a subscriber only channel, maybe on Patreon or on YouTube, something like that, because currently we have our video episodes on YouTube and everything gets demonetized. It's like we can put all of the warnings, we can do all of the little bleeps within the first happy oh. ten ever. And it's like we haven't really had problems getting sponsors. Like we work with a few sponsors, um, but with YouTube, it's kind of like, well, why are we just putting this out here for free when the video is already available for free somewhere? We could make it with no ads. We could do something else with it. Um, I'd like to be able to kind of hire our producer like more full time to be able to like do more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, until we kind of get, you know, more viewership and more people and it kind of just is what it is for now. But it's got it's reached the point that it's actually like uh not profitable but breaking breaking even for the most part and profitable enough for a nice little bonus for a producer some of the months so it's like one of those things i don't need it to make money like the only reason i want it to make money is honestly like for david our our editor oh, for <laughs> the like, overhead i yeah. got you because yeah I, I just i just like to to do it mm-hmm. um that's why i did my own editing of it for so long um and i enjoy everything about it it's like it started off like at a little kitchen table on this microphone actually mm-hmm. for two people <laughs> and wow. like a little you know webcam and now mm-hmm. you know this is a whole room that we have set up for it we have like professional equipment we've done our own booth at AVN like we, I just never really know what is coming next but I'm just kind of like open to anything do you know now- what I mean it's kind of like I don't want to close myself off and be like this is the goal that I have in mind because the goal is really just to keep it going. It's like, but what comes from pe- like keeping it going? I have no right. idea, but I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing whatever right. it is. But I do see you do have merch and I'm loving mm-hmm. your logo. Oh, thank you. Yeah, actually, uh, shout out to uh, Sticker Champ, who does art uh, also for YMH, which is like one of my favorite podcasts. Uh-huh. But we got these. Um, oh, you love YMH too? I love it's it's the podcast it's the podcast I would say got me podcasting because I loved it so much because I was just alone every single day and I had never listened so I went back once I exhausted recent episodes I just went back and I listened Mm to all of them (laughs) like I absolutely love it but we have a little golf towels which are currently only available on the OnlyFans Uh but it says become literate 
um and they're oh, technically come rags uh-huh. but they're <laughs> golf towels so <laughs> oh those are very very cute though and i did see the bikinis Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. The bikinis, I, I just made little one-offs um, for Laura and I mm-hmm. uh, just for fun. And people ended up liking them. So I think we might try to create some just to give to our guests, you know, have merch, rep the merch, get some free advertising. You know what I mean? Put the yeah. logo on a pair of nice boobs and there you go. <laughs> now, who who did the, uh, who came up with the idea for the logo? Because it's very cute. Uh, I came up with the idea for it, but um, Adam, the sticker champ guy, uh, he did the design. He like took my concept. I was like, I'm, I want like, so it started off the podcast as called the whore next door. So I was really into, I thought it was hilarious. Um, And then I, it wasn't allowed to be hosted on Apple podcasts because of the title. Mm. So I ended up changing it to the Totally Wholesome Not Dirty podcast. And the reason I did was because I had already paid for a little graphic animation to to start each episode that was TWND and it pulses like a little neon light. And I was like, what else am I going to make it into? So that's what it became. And I was was like, go Fight Club, go like that little soap. Like I want that not dirty. I want a little broad, make it a little kinky, but it doesn't really say exactly what it is. And he did a great job with it. I I love it. We've yes. our AVN banner. So it's, it's yeah, fun. no, no, you're I love it. It's very cute. And I saw the pictures on IG of you in the bikini and then your partner. And I just I was like, oh my gosh, this is and it it you know, and I hate to sorry if I'm I hope I'm not bothering you by comparing it to Tiger Belly, but you know how they have that their cute little logo and their interests and all that. It's the similar mm-hmm. vibe. And I'm like, wow, they're it's the adult version of Tiger Belly. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's very flattering. I actually didn't discover Tiger Belly until much later. Um, and I was really happy that I did. I just started kind of consuming all of the comedy podcasts because I just I love comedy. Laughter is my favorite. I used to say on cam all the time that I'm a comedian or I, I produce comedy because I would even make funny videos. I one of my favorite videos is like I have one that I'm I'm a leprechaun for mm-hmm. Um, a beard and everything um nice little merkin uh do you know do oh you know? yes i know what a merkin yes yes but it's um just an orange mustache like a handlebar right, mustache. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i did a creepy elf on the shelf like i i like to do things that make me feel good about making them and of course i love just making the purely sexy content but i think that porn should be fun otherwise like why are we here because why take yourself too seriously in a job where you get naked for fun like it doesn't it doesn't make sense for it to be super serious all the time right right. if I'm able to be kind of creative in that regard and make something that even if it doesn't make anyone else laugh I don't give a fuck because it makes me laugh and I think back to that and I'm like you were jerking off to me and I revealed myself and I had a fucking mustache on my vagina or like any of these kind of things or like you thought it was gonna be a sexy video and then I had a beard like there I don't care I think it's funny and it tickles me mm-hmm. as I say like an 80 year old woman but it makes me happy and so that's why. yeah you you have to in life just do what you have to do what you want to do to make you happy and not really give a shit about other people what they think yeah and I I spent so much of basically all my 20s just uh, d- never doing what I wanted to do it was oh it was here's my partner telling me that this is what I'm doing this is what I think this is what I believe this is what I will say and and mm. and this is the standards that you follow and these are the things that you must do and this is who you are and the things that you think you are are bad 
So that's something that goes out the window because it's either not profitable, it's not in line with what this person wanted or thought or anything. So being out of that and then not being controlled by, you know, three bottles of wine a day anymore, I reached the point that I was like, well, what do I want to do? What does make me happy? Because it's like I forgot for so fucking long Mm -hmm. that it was like having to just rediscover because it's like I didn't even know what, you know, my interests were for the most part. So the pandemic kind of helped with that a little bit, just having to get back in and kind of rediscovering who I was and not really being influenced by people around me because there weren't people around me. And I was like, oh, I'm just the same weird fucking dork that got picked on in high school, homeschool high school. So imagine how that one goes. And now I'm just 30, so <laughs> 31, yeah. but you know. Yeah, no, that's good that you you left a bad, you know, bad relationship. And then you were able to, and now you find your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very lovely and you're also in shape. I see, uh, see your pictures all the time. You are <laughs> in perfect. Do you, have you done any, um, competitions or are you just like working out? No. Um, so for, for me, like I, I, I was always in sports. Like I did, mm-hmm. you know, I know people think you were homeschooled. How did you do sports? But there were things you could pay for and go to like right. other homeschool league sports, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I've always kind of, I just wanted to be able to do the most pushups more than all the boys. I, I wanted to run faster than all the boys. And it was, it was a big thing for me to just like be fit and to be strong. Like I liked the feeling of being strong. Mm-hmm. And then I had kind of quite a few instances of not feeling strong and feeling completely helpless that kind of triggered a point where I started working out basically just to maintain what I was and I was in my 20s so that was like super easy <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you can do whatever you want in your 20s for the most part right and um but it it wasn't something that I stuck with and I just kind of like fell deeper and deeper down this dark little tumble hole and once I quit drinking I was like it's like you have to replace it with something you right. know you can't it's like you have to because it it would reach a point where it's like well I reached a certain part of the day that I've spent by my by myself and you know it'd be so easy it's just just ordering that wine to your house because you know it's it's fine like you you have nothing else to do for the rest of the day and that turns into like two bottles that turns into three because it's like I was so not used to being alone with my thoughts mm-hmm. that I couldn't fucking handle it and I was like well I need to think of a positive way to take all this energy and all these bad thoughts and put it into something useful. And um, uh, my partner now um, is someone who is uh, very into fitness, like who does ridiculous things with his body. It's insane. But um, so it was kind of one of those things where I kind of got back into working out like with him and him teaching me things and not making me feel like failure when I didn't know how to do something right off the bat Mm -hmm. or encouraging me, which I was like, that's weird. I kind of like that. And it just reached this point that even when he wasn't around, because we got separated by the pandemic, um, I just kept going with it. Because I was like, if I get the urge to drink, I'm going to go work out. And if I've already worked out that day and I feel the urge to drink, I'm going to do it again. And, you know, I I just kind of kept going down that point to the point where I didn't crave the alcohol anymore. But now my body craves doing and being active. If I go for like two days without going to the gym, I just feel run down. I feel stressed out. It's just like overwhelming anxiety. Like I went to the gym this morning. It's, you know, it's, it's something that kind of helps me feel centered. Right. And when you're in that process of like being able to push your body, I think one of the coolest things that I found was that like, I feel like this job, everything that kind of happens in it that's positive is luck 
it's not it's not like I'm so much hotter or so much more entertaining or whatever than anyone else who's in this job to have the success I do. Some people have been in it longer and maybe by whatever their standards are, they don't think it's the same, or maybe someone's been in for less amount of time than me. And I can feel the same way about that, which I I don't really do anymore. I used to compare myself a lot to other people, Mm -hmm. but I think with, with this, I was always kind of like, well, what is my purpose? Cause this is all luck. Like it's, it's just very lucky that there were a few people who were like, Hey, you're funny enough or hot enough or whatever enough that I keep coming back. And we we build a room, like a chat room together that kind of everybody feels comfortable in and a part of it. And that grows into more and more. I was very lucky because no one could have maybe seen my cam ever. And I could have just been like anybody else who tries it for a week and never does again. So it's things that while there was a lot of bad stuff going on at the time, it ended up being pretty much all luck. So then when I came out of that relationship, I was like, well, I really do have nothing to offer. And it's like, I I couldn't really see any value in myself because no one ever told me that I had any, except for people in this job. Mm -hmm. Um, But with working out and with training and being consistent, like, and having abs that I wanted to have for years that I couldn't figure out why is because you're drinking that much. You can never get them. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's like, no one can do that for you. It's like, no one can, like, no one can make you go to the gym and make you put in the most amount of effort every time. No one can make you hit a new PR except for you. Mm -hmm. Like, no one, no one else built this except for me. I could even, like, thank my partner for helping me, for training with me, because it's so much easier to train with someone else. But it's like, no one did this for me. So right. it's something that feels very rewarding and mm-hmm. it's a lot more rewarding than like crying myself to sleep over a bottle of white wine. So, you know what I mean? Oh, I love that. You're so inspiring, Molly. You're so... No, no like yeah. I... I... I think I, I, I've through the podcast, I think I've met a lot of people who mm-hmm. are kind of that similar way, maybe not necessarily working out as their thing, but who right. have dealt with substance abuse problems and gotten past it. And I think that it's something that's so hard to do. And I think that I, I didn't even realize that I had a problem for so long that once once I'm so far removed from it now, I'm just like, that was like a different person. So anyone who's going through something like that, like I do have a lot of sympathy for because it's, it can reach a point that anyone around you could be telling you that you have a problem or don't, but you won't be able to see it until like mm-hmm. something changes in you or something happens to you so dramatically that you're like, oh, wait, like, wh- what am I doing? And still some people can't get past that. And mm-hmm. maybe they don't have a good support system. Maybe they don't know what to do, you know? And so that's, I don't think that it's like, inspiring necessarily it's just like once again like lucky <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah it it is luck but also like you said you had to make a decision in your life and your decision was you know instead of wait here for this drink let me go to the gym and you you chose us you chose kind of a more positive outlet mm-hmm. um and that's good yeah and then it's dedication and then eventually like you said you you don't even crave the alcohol anymore. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's a wonderful thing. But you 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 replaced a vice with something positive that you enjoy and mm-hmm. you associate working out with making you strong and making you, you know, giving you this confidence that you may not realize you have it, you know, when you do work out. But it's it's helped you. And I see it's a wonderful positive and it's a motivating thing. 
Well, I, I, I definitely find motivation in, in doing things. Cause even like, especially I, I think even for people, maybe if you're starting out and trying to mm-hmm. figure out like, Oh, how do I work out? Like I had no idea with anything. Really? Cause looking at like, your body is your, well, <laughs> but uh, I had no idea. Like my, my partner now he's taught me so much about mm-hmm. body and, and exercise and training all that, but I had no idea what to do when I first started and you could not have like, he would go to the gym sometimes with friends. I wouldn't go with him. I would only work out from home because like, I felt so embarrassed and so ashamed of like, I'm one of those people that if I'm not instantly good at something or I'm not like, like hitting a new PR mm-hmm. every fucking week, I'm just like, you're terrible. Like you've never succeeded at anything. And, mm-hmm. and I get in my head. So it's, it, it is kind of cool to be so far into it now that I can look back like three years ago and be like, oh my God, that was three years ago. And I couldn't do a chin up. Like, do like, and that was at the time that I was like, I'll never be able to do this without a band under my ass, like lifting me up over the bar. You oh, know? I can't. I'm I'm gonna get my breasts um reduced this year because mm-hmm. I'm having like way too much shoulder pain. And for mm-hmm. me, like I'm a triple E. Um, I can't. Even, yeah, like so. It's for me, the breast thing has just taken a toll, like on my shoulders when working out and everything. And I'm just gonna get them. I'm getting them downsized. Are you are you enhanced or just natural? Um, I've had the same same implant since 1997, so it's time to take oh. them out. And mm-hmm. I personally, you know, the thing is, if if people have implants after a while, you do need to replace them, and they always look good. And and if everybody, I got the, they're big and huge, but you know, I'm getting older. Um, I don't want, I do other stuff. You know what I mean? I have the comedy podcast. So I'm dealing with people that are not sex workers. And I like, I just want to be normal size now. And I have adult children. I don't want to be a grandma with, (laughs) I don't, you know, one day I'm going to be a grandma. I have two adult children. It could be within the next five years. And so for me personally, I'm, I am going to get it reduced, but I can't do to do it because of the size of my breasts and they've got your boobs wouldn't allow you to get over the bar. Even if you could pull it up, they would just trap you there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, and it's so, and you don't know the shoulder and the back pain, but I do work out quite a bit. Um, but it, it is a stress favorite workout to do. You know what I over here, I'm in New York and at crunch gym, they have something, it's sort of like a hit where it's like circuit training and it's a little mm-hmm. hit thing. And um, that's, and it's like a 45 minute class and those, so you're doing, you might do the TRX one day, you might do uh, the battle ropes. You might, you know, every class is different. I do about three mm-hmm. of those classes a week. And when I know what I didn't, wasn't able to this week, cause this, this holiday messed me up like yeah. crazy. And I had to go to Florida and drive back to New York. But um, I really appreciate those workouts. And then for my back pain, because I do have a metal rod on my back. That's another thing that I have going oh, on. Oh, wow. From yeah, Canada. yeah. Huh? I had scoliosis. And okay. So I had I, I'm sorry. That, that just sounded like so like, oh, wow. But I just have mild scoliosis. And as soon as right. I can relate. I had it like, severe. <laughs> where I was going to end up and you know who actually was my personal trainer and she was a hell of a personal trainer was Ava Devine. Um, oh really? Hell yeah. She, she was a personal trainer for a short period of time. She was probably the best personal trainer I ever had. Oh, wow. what, whatever a- she does, oh, my best talents. Friend, she she does the best, okay? <laughs> she does the best. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but I, I take Pilates because it's sort of like physical therapy. So I notice I have to do like, and I do like those CrossFit things, but I make sure I take like one or two Pilates class a week, whether Mm -hmm. it's Matt or the traditional reformers, I don't do that new reformers. So that's what I, that's what I enjoy. But the, the boobs are like, they are getting in the way. And right now for sex work, I'm only kind of doing sex pamper and only fans. So I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm like the. I'll be good. You know what I mean? My, so. my boobs aren't in the way because I, I have implants as well, uh-huh. but because they're not big enough to be in the way. They're right. <laughs> bigger than I asked for. Let's be honest. You put in the yeah. wrong ones. But um, with working out, it's like I, I way more than I did when I was, you know, not working out because muscle fat. Right. The muscle. Yeah. But my body is so much leaner <laughs> that I feel like my boobs are a little-ish uneven now and mm. I can like I can see more of like the fact that they're implants I'm like ugh, like but I also don't want to stop working out to get them repaired and I don't even know if repair would do anything so I'm just like trying to learn to love them as they are right yeah no it's we go through in sex work we go through so much like body image with sex work oh my god yeah yes because it's just like oh like yes you'll get fans who'll be like you know I, I like you for your personality oh I love your podcast whatever it's like but yes but it does start off with an initial physical attraction in one way or another and it's like that was for all of my late teens early 20s the only thing that I thought that I had going for me was sexual attraction and then when that's how you build your income and you build you know whatever semblance of a career it is once mm-hmm. you reach a certain point that you're like things that other people probably don't even notice I start over analyzing to the point of like stressing myself out into more wrinkles so it's mm-hmm. it it is something that's very difficult to to kind of yeah deal with that way. it's like well how how do you make that transition to this just is what it is and I'm still happy with it you know and I, I kind of wonder how that's going to go long term. But I think like, I think just thinking about it ahead of time and trying not to stress out about it is probably yeah. going to be helpful. Yeah, that's a lot of people don't realize like they think sex work, oh, you're going to make all this money. But then, you know, even when I dance, I had to upkeep with my body, like it, it still had body image or, you know, um, people that do in person work, you know, you're you're going to be yeah. naked for somebody. Or yeah. even if you're on camera, you know, people are going to see you naked and, and people don't get it. They just don't get it. That how, um, it's, it's, a, it does doing sex work does a number for us. You, you get yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I never thought that I was going to be in, you know, growing up, you could have told me that I would be in a job that is built based on how I look like that was that would be such a foreign concept for me to hear when I was younger because I was the weird one I was just I mean I still am but it it I definitely didn't used to look like this you know and I was picked on a lot I I never thought that this would be the thing and now to have that have been like all of my young adulthood is like oh well shit now I'm I'm aging it does happen I acknowledge that but it's like I have to learn to be comfortable with those like smile lines and mm-hmm. to to kind of start accepting that because it doesn't like doesn't go backwards just kind of keeps progressing forward you know we can only keep moving forward so like how do you kind of 
how do I reconcile that with myself? You know, especially when uh, my last partner was so very much focused on the fact that it's like, well, once you reach a certain age, no one's going to find you attractive anymore. Like I'll even have a hard time finding you attractive. And, you know, it's, it's just all going to be downhill. And that was what was like hammered into me from the time I was 19. So now it's kind of at this point where it's like that whole rediscovering of like, what do I like? It's like, well, what am I comfortable with? in myself and like what am I not comfortable with should I make any changes should I not you know and it's like I I feel like that part of my life was so much of a blur that it's like it was such a different person and now Mm -hmm. I'm just coming out the other side with like all the effects of that and I'm just like oh my god is this me (laughs) (laughs) well I have to tell you the misconception of when I was young and I used to dance I used to think this is going to end soon this is going to end soon so I kind of knew like I had to have something else going on for work. Mm -hmm. But what surprised me as the older I got, the more money I started making. And then I reached what's crazy is, and now I have a whole different type of, when you're young, you get older men. Generally they're middle age. But then when, as you get older, you get these younger guys. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Anytime that I ask someone on the, on a new subscriber, how old are you? 22 and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like almost 10 years older than you this is insane oh well try like, it when you're 20 years older because I get a lot of yeah like, oh yeah I, I'm sure but it's it's still just like a weird point to like start mm-hmm. having that be that switch point because mm-hmm. when I I was young when I started so it was obviously like everyone was older yeah like even for me at the time it's like my partner was much older than me but you know having guys in my room who were like to 40s to 50s I was like wow and you like me like yeah of course you're a you're, you're so young what do you mean but now it's like the reverse like I didn't used to get that many younger guys Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if when I first started if these kind of platforms were popular for younger guys um I have kind of noticed that as I do get older it's like obviously I still have an older fan base as well but this influx of like newer younger fans is interesting to me because when I was that age I didn't see fans of that age do you know what I mean yeah It's yeah. No, when I was, I remember when I was younger, get way older. And now all my guys are younger. And then, and then on top of that, you, as you, a, I, from, because I dance, I kind of had that where I could talk to anybody. Um, but I've noticed sort of my conversations are better with fans or clients or whatever, like, and, and when I'm DMing them or talking to them, it's way better. And I captivate them more than when I did when I was younger. I think it's also like all those experiences under your belt. It's like, by this point, it's like, even being in 10 years, it's like, I've had so many conversations with men. It's like, I know how to talk to men so much better than women, because it's like, that's the only people I talked to was men for the most part, you know, and so I had like a, a cam show with, with another girl or something, but most of the conversations I've had are with guys. And I also did not used to like put the foot down for the most part, especially with certain fans. It's like you come mm-hmm. to start relying on on certain people. And it was like I did with my relationship. I just kind of would allow them to kind of change me into whatever it was that they wanted me to be, you know, and I'll be this for you and I'll be this for you. And now I'm much more comfortable as I get older, like putting my foot down with people who 
are not respecting me in the way that I want to be respected. You know, it's like if if I offer you some semblance of respect, you give that back to me. It's not just a take and take and take and take. It's like I'm already here showing you what most people won't send you in an Instagram DM. And it's like that is already something that's like so intimate that most people aren't going to do for you. It's like, even if they send you a picture of their tits, like they're not going to show you putting a dragon dildo in their vagina. And I do that. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you have to have some, some respect, but also understand that I'm still just like a person. It's not like I'm just some little AI creation that lives in your computer. It's like, I have other shit going on too. So treat me like a person and I'll treat you like a person. Otherwise we're going to have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Before I have one last question, what is Mm -hmm. your face? favorite episode you have done with your podcast and why your most favorite episode do you have an or one episode you like if you can't if you have more than one you could just throw one oh out. man there's there's so many standout <laughs> moments oh my god um well I think I, honestly the episode with Ava is probably one of my favorites just because it oh we yeah have, talked about it so much since then um I'm trying to think uh if you <laughs> uh mm, well, earlier this year, we we had an episode. Um, uh, Laura and I, my co-host, we had our our friend Kay Carter on, and and we were all on a trip, and we had taken a little test. Um, it's like the the autism scale test, mm-hmm. and that was a really interesting episode because we kind of learned a lot about ourselves um, that trip, and uh, I think that we had a lot of really interesting conversations and revelations, and I feel like from that point. Um, things kind of started locking into place for me a little bit more. And I, I lost a little bit of the, the overthinking um, about the podcast um, Mm -hmm. and kind of about my personality. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I obviously still struggle with things. I still sometimes think I'll go back to therapy, but I think that that was a really good turning point. And it brought like the three of us really, really close. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I really appreciate um and then of course the 100th episode which I didn't think would be a thing that we would get to and that was like our two-year mark so I think that was really really special for me wow well thank you Molly so much for coming on you've been a, a really good guest and I love everything you have shared can you please let my audience know where they can find you and all your platforms mm-hmm. uh, as well as where they can find your uh, podcast to it yeah, um, if you'd like to check out the podcast, it's uh, the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty podcast. There's full video episodes on Spotify. Um, and then audio is basically anywhere that people hear podcasts. Um, you can go to my OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash Naked Barbie Doll. Um, my Instagram is at this redhead is SFW. Please check the spelling because there are a lot of catfishes. TikTok is leave Molly alone. I have different handles for everything because I always get accounts deleted. So, oh, <laughs> I, I understand. Twitter, Twitter as well. Twitter is call me Miss M I S S Molly, and there's links and stuff on all those platforms. So, thank you so much. My name is Marcella Lonzo. You can find me at IG is Marcella Sobella. My Facebook is Marcella Sobella. My Twitter is Marcella with one L underscore L-U-V and my YouTube is Marcella Sobella or you can go to my website MarcellaSobella.com which has my OnlyFans and also the Patreon for all episodes. Thank you for coming on Get Schooled. Thank you.